Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray and ask the Lord to teach us. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn your word and we can understand your truth. I believe, Father, that the Holy Spirit is our best teacher. And in this lesson, the Holy Spirit will anoint us, teach us, and reveal the light of heaven to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the third teaching of the teaching series called the doctrine of the last things or eschatology. Eschatology is a doctrine that talk about the end time. The Greek language for eschatology come from two words, eschatos, which mean last, and logos, discourse. Eschatology covers the subject of death, the resurrection, the second coming of Christ, the judgment and the final destiny of the righteous and the unrighteous. In the past sessions, we'll learn two words, time and eternity. For man, like you and me, we are finite and we are limited by time and space. Right now, we are living in time. We have the birth date. And we have the last day of our life. We were born, and then one day we died. But after we die, we enter into eternity. Man was created for eternity, even though man had the beginning. But man exists eternally. We all have a lifespan on this planet Earth between the day we were born. And the day we died. This is a space that we need to come to know God, repent of our sin, and serve the Lord. God wants all of us to get to know Him while we are living on earth here, in the time that we have on earth, and repent of our sin, and also build relationship with Him, serve Him, build His kingdom. In fact, No man knows how long his lifespan is. Once this period of time span is over, man will die, and his period of probation is forever ended. His eternal state and destiny are settled, unchanged, and unchangeable. For this reason, God calls all men to turn away from their sin and accept His redeeming grace in Christ Jesus. The truth is, we all will die one day. The reason we die physically, because we all have sinned against the Lord. Death is the result of sin. And death has been the expectation and fear of all nations and all people around the world. Physical death is a separation of the soul from the body. Death 
is not cessation or termination of being, but is a gate through which all men must pass into into eternity. For every man and woman, whether righteous or wicked, is eternity bowed. Although this body that we live in returns to the dust or to the ground, the spirit, which is our real inner man, lives forever, either in hell or in heaven. Our spirit is indissoluble. And indestructible. The reason we learn the doctrine of eschatology is that we will be ready and prepared for eternal life. We want to live a life that we can see good destiny and good result in heaven. As believer, we have eternal life. We can live for eternity in heaven with God, because our sins are forgiven. We're going to talk about eternal life and heavenly rewards. Here, for those who believe in God and repent of their sin, they shall live eternally with God right after they die physically. All the real born again believers will also. Meet each other in heaven, and they will fellowship with one another for eternity in heaven as well. In heaven, our spirit and soul still working. We can recognize things. We can communicate. We can understand. We can praise God. We can talk to God, and we can talk to one another. And all men shall be rewarded according to their works, whether good. Or evil, and all will be judged according to the deeds done in this physical body. I teach this lesson because I want you to really be careful with how you live in time or on this planet Earth, because what you are doing and what you will do and what you have done will determine your destiny. And also your rewards in eternity. This is why I and my wife have done our best to build the kingdom, to get to know God, to serve people, to expand the kingdom of God. Because we know that one day we're gonna leave this world, and we're gonna meet the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. As A person' eternal destiny is settled in time, according to his character and belief. A person's eternal rewards are settled here in time as well on earth, according to his works and motive. You notice these two words: destiny. Your destiny can be heaven, or your destiny can be eternal lake of fire. You're gonna go to heaven or not depends on your faith and your character. What is character? Character is what a person is, and the character determines his eternal destiny. For example, I gave my life to Jesus. 
I repent of my sin. I obey God. I follow the biblical principles. I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. When I have done all of these things, my character has been changed to become more like Jesus Christ. I hate sin. I want to do the right thing. I want to walk in love. Because of my faith in God and in His Word and my heart attitude of obedience, my character is being changed day by day. My faith in God, in Jesus, in His salvation, and my character that revealed my faith in action determine my eternal destiny. I will be in heaven for eternity because I have the faith in the Bible and in God, and my character show that I'm a real born-again Christian. But there is another word, not only destiny. Another word is reward. Our rewards in heaven, or eternal rewards, are determined by the works and the motive in this life. What we do in this life in time on this planet Earth. And our motive in doing those things will determine or settle the eternal rewards. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, the Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his Vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go to the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. In other words, the owner of the vineyard, gave the job for these people to do. And he is the one who determined how much wages they would get. Again, he went out about the six hours, three hours later, and the nine hours, another three hours, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. You notice that who determine their wages? The owner of the vineyard. The owner of the vineyard is our God. And all these workers a symbolic of all of us. We work for the Lord. We live for the Lord. We have work to do on this planet Earth for the kingdom of God. And the Lord going to reward us or give us what we should receive from Him as we work for Him and we serve Him and we expand the kingdom on Earth here. Verse 8, the Bible says, So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, 
they each received a denarius. But when the first came, the first group of people came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, "These last men have worked only one hour, and you make them equal to us, who have borne to the the burden." And the heat of the day, but he answered one of them, said, "Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours, and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things?" Or is your eye evil, because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Let me make a conclusion from this passage of the scripture, taught by the Lord Jesus Christ, the parable. Number one, we learn that our God is the master of our life. We who are born again are His servants. We should serve the Lord. We should do the work of God all the days of our life. And the Lord is the one who understands everything about how hard we work, what kind of motive we have, what kind of heart attitude we have, how much faithful we are in doing the work. And he is the one who will determine how much reward each servant will receive from him. I cannot judge another man. I cannot make any decision for another man how much reward he will get. Only God knows, and He is the one who make that judgment and determination. Therefore, what we need to do. Is to start serving God as soon as possible, have the right attitude, the right motive, being faithful. The Bible says that the last will be first and the first last. What does it mean? It means that sometimes people come in to serve the Lord after you. You may be in the church for 15 years. Another person walk in, but that person is on fire, love the Lord so much, but You serve God out of duty. You serve God because you get paid, or because you are forced to, or you want to make a good impression with somebody. But the person who come later on serve with all his might, with full love for God. He will get the reward too, and he may even get the reward more than you. You see, God see everything. Man may not see everything, and sometimes people can be. A minister for many years, but later on he fall into temptation, into sexual immorality or financial corruption. But another person come in and get saved twenty years later, later than this man, the first man. But he has a good heart and he serve God faithfully. 
but the time that he served God is shorter than you, because you are older and you live to certain age, and he lived to the same age. Jesus came back. In other words, for example, if you start to serve God at 20 years old, another man get saved at 60 years old, and Jesus came five years later, you serve. Wow. 45 years. Another man served only five years. But in God's sight, that last man has done the best job for God in that period of time. God is fair. He's going to give that man the reward as well. So I'm so glad that God is fair and He's merciful and just. Many are called. In other words, all the believers are called to serve the Lord, but few chosen. In other words, not a lot of people are faithful and really serve God with the right motive. And God promotes a few people who really serve God wholeheartedly, with love, with faith, and faithfulness and loyalty. I pray that you are those few chosen by God. And I want to be those few chosen by God as well. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. My dear brother and sister, the foundation of our life of faith and life of service is Jesus Christ. It's not you. It's not me. Even though I'm a pastor of a local church, I'm not the foundation. I'm not the center of New Hope International Church. The center of the New Hope International Church is Jesus Christ. We serve Him. We want to build His kingdom. We want to bring glory to Him. And we want to do what He says. He is the master. He's the head of the church. This morning, I got a letter from somebody from another state and say, you know, I'm discouraged. I have a problem with my team. I'm going to stop serving God. I called back and left a message. Brother, can you talk to Jesus one more time? You serve because man praised you, or you serve because you love Jesus and Jesus called you? You ask this question in your heart. When I started the church, I faced so many resistance and so many rejections from people. If I depend on man's opinions, I would have quit serving God a long time ago. But I keep my eyes on Jesus, and I know Jesus called me, and I know I serve Jesus. He is the foundation of my life. Verse 12, Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, the day of the second coming of Jesus Christ, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on is endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone works is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as so as true fire. This scripture talks about believers here, not non-believers. There are 
four kind of fires in the Bible. Number, number one, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the fire of hardships and trials and tests. Number three, the fire at the judgment seat of Christ that's going to reveal the motive and attitude of servants of God or believers who serve God. Number four, the eternal lake of fire. One day we're going to stand in front of the Lord Jesus at his judgment seat. And on that day, the fire will reveal our motive, our attitude, and our heart of the life of service. If I serve God with the motive for money, for position, for power, for personal gain, that day, the fire of God will burn those things because I serve with a foundation of straw or wood, not gold and silver. So please make sure that you serve the Lord with the right motive, with the right attitude. Amen? God is just. He is fair. And He will judge us according to what we have done and what our attitudes have been. When man does God's work, God will test his heart to see whether he served the Lord with the right motive and attitude or not. God's dispensation closed with judgment on the wicked and rewards or promises of reward to the righteous. One day, the Lord Jesus Christ will come back and he will close this chapter of life. He will come back and judge both the righteous and the unrighteous. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9 say, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all this, God will bring you into judgment. In other words, God tried to say that when you're young, you do your best, you study hard, you work hard, you enjoy life, you rejoice in the Lord, you serve the Lord since you are young, but make sure that you need to keep the right heart, the heart of love, the heart of faith, faithfulness, loyalty, generosity, because what you're going to do in your life come from your heart, your action, your lifestyle is the product of your heart. But God warned us that God will bring you into judgment. If your heart is wrong, even though it sounds like you do the good things, but you do it for some other reason, the judgment will come to you. God will bring you into judgment. The judgment will come to everybody on this planet Earth. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 12 to 14. And further, my son, be admonished by this, of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Okay, what is the conclusion of the whole matter of life? We live on this earth maybe 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, or 100 years. The whole life on earth. What is the conclusion of the whole matter of life? Fear God 
and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Every man on this planet Earth, from the past to the future, will face judgment one day. For the believers, we are not judged to go to hell, but we will be judged to receive different reward, or to have different kind of home in. Heaven, a different level of glory in heaven. Wow! When we know this truth, we have to be very careful how we live. We need to really examine our heart, the motive, the attitude of what we do every single day. Because one day the truth gonna come out at the judgment seat of Christ. You can lie to people, you can deceive people, but you cannot lie to God. God gonna judge what you do. And your motive, he will not only judge your action or what you're doing or your work, but he will judge your words as well. Matthew twelve thirty six. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of of judgment. God will judge what you say as well. When God created the world, he. Also created Adam, the first man, and he put Adam in the perfect environment called the Garden of Eden. At the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, there was so much food, no sickness, no disease, no curse, no bondage, no fighting, no murder, nothing bad there. Perfect. He and Eve were very innocent. They did not know what sin is. They did not know about what is wrong in disobedience. At that time, God made a covenant with them. I want to give that covenant name: Edenic covenant, Edenic covenant. So, what is this covenant? Our God is a God of covenant. He said to Adam and Eve, "If you obey me, you don't touch the fruit of that tree. You will not die." And you're gonna be blessed and live in the Garden of Eden and expand the garden and multiply and fill the earth and you're gonna be blessed and happy and your children will be happy too. God make a covenant relationship with Adam and Eve. However, Adam and Eve exercised their free will and chose to eat the forbidden fruit. They brought themselves and their unborn race of human being. Under the power of sin, Satan and death. You can see that they broke the covenant. Our covenant with God is about this: God tell us what to do. We surrender to Him, submit to Him, obey Him, and He will bless us and give us life, give us success, and. Good things. So you can see that in order to come out from this curse and sin and bondage and the power of Satan, the answer is repentance and obedience to God's commandment. If we obey God, we will be rewarded. And the Bible talk about another tree in heaven, in the Garden of Eden. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in heaven. There is another tree 
called the tree of eternal life. Adam and Eve were chased out of the Garden of Eden and could not be with the blessing of God. For us believers, we make a decision to follow Jesus, obey Him, serve Him, and if we can keep obeying Him, not rebelling against Him, we will one day see the tree of eternal life in heaven. Genesis chapter two verse seventeen talk about the first tree in the Garden of Eden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. You see, disobedience bring death. For us, we are offspring of Adam and Eve. What you need to do is that we repent and obey God's command. And if we can do that, what happened? Revelation 2.7 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, if you can overcome your own sinful nature by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome the temptation of the enemy. You can overcome the system of the world. You just make decision to obey God and walk with God faithfully. The Bible says, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The tree of the Garden of Eden was there, but mankind missed that tree now. We could not go back there. But we're going to go toward eternity. And if you and I choose to overcome sins, the devil, temptation, and the system of the world, one day we're going to be in the paradise of God and we're going to eat from the tree of life. Revelation chapter 22, verse 2 and 14. They shall see his face. The believers who will go to heaven will see God's face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. The tree of life. And may enter through the gates into the city. The city in heaven. So you can see here, disobedience causes Mankind to come out from the blessing, the Garden of Eden, in that Edenic covenant. But now we are in a new covenant. When we obey God, we enter the paradise and we're going to eat the fruit from the tree of life. The moment man sinned, conscience came into operation. By the conscience, man was able to distinguish between good and evil. God's dealings with man were according to his conscience. Before I became a Christian, I did not know the Bible. I didn't know God's commandment. I did not know who Jesus was at that time. But I had a conscience. When I steal money from my mom, I did. I, did stole, I stole money from my mom. When I stole money from my mom, my conscience told me, you are wrong. You practice stealing right now. We all have conscience. Unfortunately, some people keep sinning to the point that the conscience becomes very damaged. 
to the point that they don't care anymore about sinning. Romans chapter 2 verses 14 to 15. For when Gentiles, Gentiles mean those who don't know God at the beginning, who do not have the law, the Gentiles did not have the law of Moses, by nature do the things in the law. So people who don't know the law still do the things in the law. For example, when I was a non-believer, I study hard, I work hard, I know the law that the law tells us to really be diligent and work hard. I practice the law without knowing that it's the law. This, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves and their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them. Every man on planet earth has the conscience that God put in to know what is right and what is wrong. Therefore, man cannot give excuse when he stands before the judgment seat of Christ. That, I'm sorry, I don't know the Bible. I don't care. I can do whatever I want. Man knows that he is doing wrong by the conscience inside his heart. So that is the first covenant, Edenic covenant. Don't eat the fruit, otherwise you die, and you will be removed from the Garden of Eden, the punishment. But if you obey, you don't touch that fruit, you're going to live in a blessed condition, and you will not die. The second covenant called Mosaic covenant. God made a covenant with the chosen nation of Israel at Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt. The Mosaic covenant involved building the tabernacle, the priesthood, the sacrifices of animals for the redemption of their sins year by year, the feast and the law. This arrangement or the covenant continued from the time of Moses through the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the ministry of the early church. And this covenant closed off as far as a method God's dealing with the judgments of God on the city of Jerusalem and, and the temple in the 70 AD. In that generation, the children of Israel has to sacrifice animals for the redemption of their sin. And they need to obey the law that God gave to Moses. Unfortunately, many Jewish people in that generation rejected the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. They even put him on the cross and killed him. But some of them turned to be believers, like Nicodemus or Paul or Peter and John. And because of their rebellion, God put judgment on Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem. The judgment and calamities came upon the nation of Israel in that generation. In Matthew chapter 23, 
verse 38 and 24 verses 1 to 2. The Lord Jesus Christ told the disciple about the upcoming judgment. See, your house is left to your desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, "Blessed is the he who comes in the name of the Lord." Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciple came up to sh- show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, "Do you not see all these things? As surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down." Jesus tried to say that the Roman soldier, the Roman army, would come into Jerusalem. Destroy the whole city, and destroy the temple completely, and the people in that generation were killed or ran away and got into big trouble because they killed the son of the living God. That's why Jesus said, even one stone will not be up; it will be thrown down. Mosaic covenant stopped there when Jerusalem and the Temple in Jerusalem were destroyed by the Roman Empire. Now we live in a new covenant. We are not in Edenic covenant. We are not in Mosaic covenant. We are in the new covenant offered by Jesus Christ. But all these covenants still have the same principle: man should submit to God, obey the command of God, and then God will bless, protect, provide, take care, guide. But when man rebel and disobey God, then the curse, the problem, come in. The new covenant offered by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself as a new agreement, or we call the New Testament, Matthew twenty six twenty six to twenty eight, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples, said, "Take it. This is my body." Then he. Took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, "Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins." You notice that in the Mosaic covenant, the law was given through Moses, but now we are in the new covenant through the Lord Jesus. Now we're living in the time of grace. And truth that came to us by Jesus Christ. We live in the time of grace, and God's grace accomplishes the eternal purpose of God for man. The second coming of Jesus Christ will usher in both eternal judgments on the wicked or the unbeliever and rewards for the righteous. At the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will establish His Everlasting kingdom. One day, Jesus will come back and establish His everlasting kingdom. John chapter one verse seventeen. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We are living in the time of grace. What does it mean? It means that when we make mistake, we sin. We can ask God for forgiveness, repent of our sin. And God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus. We don't need to kill animal anymore. Number two, what is grace? Grace means God gives us the Holy Spirit 
the Spirit of Grace to have the power to say no to sin and to do the right thing. We don't have to depend on our own strength, our own ability to obey the law, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the grace of God for us. Titus chapter two verse eleven: For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus is the grace of God. The Holy Spirit is the grace of God. The power of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, are the grace of God. Psalm one hundred forty-five verse thirteen: Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. First Timothy one seventeen: Now. To the King Eternal, Immortal King is capital K I N G, mean Jesus, Invisible. To God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus will come back later on in this new covenant time. We are living in the new covenant. He asks us to. Really repent, believe in Him, receive His grace through faith, walk in obedience, serve Him, and one day Jesus will come back to do the final judgments and rewards. And on that day, the time period will be over. All things are to be dealt with at the judgment seat of Christ on that day. He's gonna deal with everybody on that day. I would like to read a couple more passages of scripture. Second Corinthians five ten, for we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. One day, you and I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. After you listen to this teaching, you should start to repent, and you begin to really say, "God, every single minute and day in my life, I'm going to do the good things with a good attitude, because I know one day I'm going to stand before you, and you're going to judge me, or you reward me." Revelation twenty eleven to fifteen. Then I saw a great white throne, and Him who sat on it. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, two books, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. God record everything that we do on earth here, and the dead were judged according to their works. By things which were written in the books, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. I mean, the unbeliever who were kept in death and Hades would come up to meet Jesus on that day. The second coming of Jesus, they would be judged, and they would be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. First Corinthians chapter fifteen twenty four to twenty eight. 
After that, the end will come. We're talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, the end of this world, when He will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. Ruler, authority, power are the fallen angel and demons. For Christ must reign until He humbles all His enemies beneath His feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the Scriptures say. God has put all things under His authority. Of course, when it say all things are under His authority, that doesn't include God, I mean the Father Himself, who gave Christ His authority. Then all things are under His authority. The Son will put Himself under God's authority, so that God, who gave His Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. In conclusion. We are living in the new covenant right now. We must make a choice to receive Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. We must repent of our sin. We should every day live a good life, a godly life, righteous life, serving Him. Make sure our heart attitude is right. Make sure our motives are godly. And one day, Jesus will come back, sit at the judgment seat of Christ, and we all, one by one, gonna stand before Him, and He gonna reward us according to what we have done and according to our uh, our motives. But for the non-believers, they will stand in front of the great white throne. They will be judged. They cannot give excuse that, oh, you know, God, why you throw me in jail? God gonna open the books and show them the record. That day you lie. That day you cheat. That day you commit adultery. That day you did this, and you sin. You have to pay for your sin because you did not accept the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ that come to you by grace and truth. My brother and sister, after you listen to this teaching, I encourage you to really live a life that is pleasing to God from today on. Amen. Life on Earth is short, relatively short. We will die one day, and we want to make sure we have eternal destiny in heaven, not eternal destiny in hell. Two, we want to make sure that we have rewards in heaven. In the next session, we're going to learn about the rewards of the righteous, and also uh, what we're going to have in heaven together from the Scripture. God bless you. Thank you so much. Why don't we pray together, Father? We promise you, Lord, that we're gonna do our part in the new covenant. We will walk with you in obedience, repent, follow the word of God, obey your word, and follow the Holy Spirit. We're gonna live a life of love and faith. We love you with all our heart, and we love our neighbors as ourselves, Lord. We're gonna serve you. We're gonna discover our gift, Father, and we can serve you with our calling and our gift, Father. We thank you, Father, for reminding us and teaching us through this lesson in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. See you in the next session. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. 
Lord.